Hello, this is Laura Hyman, and today we'll be mapping posture on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Lara Hyman. Lara Hyman is an international yoga pioneer and physical therapist focused on evolving the practice of yoga to empower movement and balance amidst a modern lifestyle of technology and sedentariness. She is redefining the modern practice of yoga through her comprehensive LYT yoga method, emphasizing smart alignment, functional movement, and spiritual wellness. Coined a yoga mama by students across the globe and a teacher of teachers, Lara is also a certified natural food chef and holistic health coach who champions healthy habits beyond the mat and advocates for the environment and all species of animals. Laura, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really very honored to be here. Well, I'm very excited because I have to confess that I'm a bit obsessed with posture, and I've been looking for the perfect person to speak into it with our audience, so I'm actually thrilled to have you here and to discuss this topic. And I have so many questions for you, Laura, but I'm wondering if you can just start us out by defining what posture actually is. Absolutely. Posture is the carriage of our body in space. And it represents a lot of things, but it can be how you're sitting, how you're standing. So it's not just the standing, like your mom watching you and telling you to stand up tall or put a book on your head or something like that. It's also how you're moving dynamically. Posture is not static, but the standing posture or sitting posture can give us some glimpses or clues into how you might move. So posture is really the carriage of your body. Mm, I love the simplicity of that. And then the complexity of what I really appreciate that you speak into in terms of the biochemical effects of posture. Before we get there, Lara, what have we seen happen to like, was posture always a concern for our ancestors? Or did they not have to worry about it? And now we do what happened over time to our understanding of the importance of posture? Well, we could talk for a couple of days about that, but briefly, <laughs> briefly, I'll tell you from my own history as a physical therapist, I came out of graduate school 27 years ago, and we spent a lot of time in kinesiology, biomechanics, postural training, gait training, 
But in a clinical setting and in a kind of practical way, posture was not a primary concern. It certainly was always part of the overall picture. You know, you, you have to start there. But I guess in terms of the concern it is today has changed dramatically. The way posture has been influenced by our modern day technology and sedentary lifestyle has changed our posture. And getting back to ancestors, no, our ancestors probably had pretty good upright posture. It benefited them in a lot of ways. They needed to be upright to, you know, hunt and to forage. And there has been some documentation of when we went into more of the agricultural era of our evolutionary history, that there were changes in the spine because people were flexing more, they were staying in these kind of stooped positions for planting, and that there were some changes in terms of arthritis that were noticeable in those skeletons. So it really depends on lifestyle. And our lifestyle now is set up to be more sedentary, to round us over, to look down or to push our head forward. And that weakens the postural muscles in so many different ways. So posture is a big deal now. It is a primary concern for life, not just in how it looks, but how it makes somebody feel, how it sets them up for movement, how it impacts their stress, their sleep, their immunity, their breath. I mean, everything Posture is really the carriage of you, you, your musculoskeletal system, your energetic system. Everything you do is impacted by posture. And when people say posture doesn't matter, to me, they are just, it is a myopic view of does posture always have a connection with pain? And research has documented that yet. But to me, that is like, first of all, research is always subjective, right? Like, did you talk to 25 males who were under 30 years and they're swimmers or something? The general population has a lot to work on in terms of posture. So let's dive into that. I had a list of things I want to ask you about from energy to mood, to movement efficiency, to pain, to the pelvic floor, but you mentioned postural muscles and I assume, like you're saying, it relates to everything, but can you just talk into like, what are the postural muscles? I tend to think of myself as having a better understanding of physiology than anatomy. <laughs> so I'm always happy to talk to somebody who can help bring the anatomy conversation forward. What are our postural muscles? Well, if you just simply think about a skeleton, and then you start to layer on muscles and tissues. The muscles that are closest to the bones are your postural muscles because they have the largest impact on stabilizing those bones with movement, with the different forces of gravity of our body weight. So they're called proximal. That means they're closest, closest, closest to the actual skeleton. And they have a lot of endurance. They're made to sustain activity, but they have to also contend with gravity and our body weight and all these other elements. And so it's really physics. Like if you kind of slump and you don't stack the joints, so stacking the joints means 
you have the most congruency or the most amount of surface area between two bones if you're stacked. That's extremely efficient. I always liken it to the game Jenga. You know, when you're playing these stacking of the blocks, how high can you go before it falls over? Well, if you stack blocks so they have the most amount of surface area, they're going to be really stable. You can go way higher because they're efficient. When you have a little bit of like off balance, off centering of that, there's only so high you can go before it falls because gravity will take over. There's an imbalance there and everything crumbles. Now, we're not going to crumble per se, but that energy load is higher when you don't stack those bones. And then the postural muscles are often kind of go a little bit snoozy because they work really well at stabilizing in a, a certain zone, meaning like when the joints have the most congruency, it's called centrated joint, again, that surface area. This postural muscles work really well at controlling movement around that zone. When we get out of it, say, imagine somebody sitting in a chair and rounding back or pitching forward, it changes some of the stacking of the vertebra. And so those postural muscles either have to work really hard or they're dialed down because you're not summoning them to work. But anytime you change the dynamics, the energetic demand, that energy has to be taken up somewhere else, right? So it's taken up in the form of imbalance of the larger muscles that are layered on top of those postural proximal muscles, they tend to get quite tight because they're doing more of the job, but their job is to move in big ways. That's not their job as much. They're not very good stabilizers. And they also don't have that long endurance capacity that the postural muscles do. So what do we feel? We feel tight and stressed in the big back muscles like the lats, the quadratus lumborum. It's not like they do one or the other. There's mixes of their jobs. But when we burden certain ones because the other ones aren't working as hard, we create a lot of issues. The energetic exchange has been diminished we don't feel as good. We're not as resilient. We feel more stressed because our body feels stressed. It's simpler and yet like much more alarming than we think. The wonderful thing is we can do something about it. We don't you know, always have to turn to taking pills or going to the doctor or, or having somebody adjust us back. We can do a lot, but we have to realize this is about exchange of energy. We're in this beautiful homeostatic desire, which means, you know, where we're most balanced with the gravitational forces around us, with the earth below us. And we're just trying to find that balance so that we feel energized during the day. If you feel slouchy and tired, one of the first things I check with people is their posture because it impacts their energy level. I love how this is such a non-negotiable and you're speaking about it so beautifully, actually in Speaking about the relationship between the postural muscle and the bones, you pretty much drew the connection between all the other things I was asking about. So is it a catch-22 if we have any osteo issues with what's then happening with the demand on those 
postural muscles. And this is kind of a back and forth, which in some ways we can't even determine the chicken or the egg. Yes. I mean, any kind of bone density concerns are definitely impacted and impact posture. So it's like it goes both ways. In my mind, we have to be in preventative mode, which is a powerful position to be in versus reactive mode. So preventative mode means it doesn't matter if your mom or your aunt or your grandmother had osteoporosis, you are not doomed to have it. You might have some genetic propensity for it, but there's many things you can do about it. And that would be in the form of working on posture, working on better movement patterns, putting more demand. We call it stress or load. And I always want to clarify, stress is a good thing until it's not. We need stress. If we have something to do and we have no deadline, we're like, yeah, I'll just put it off till tomorrow because there's no energetic requirement. So stress is really good until it's not. So we need to stress our bones. We need to stress the musculoskeletal matrix and the tissues because they will remain strong. Sedentary lifestyle or sitting a lot or slouching a lot or not moving in all these incredible, diverse ways. Movement variability is also a big issue in our modern day lifestyle, meaning we're not moving in all the ways our body is built to move. All of these things contribute to stronger muscles, stronger bones, and better energy. So it doesn't really matter if it's already happening or not. It's always something you can improve. And I think that's very important to just clarify, like, If people are like, well, I've always had bad posture or my knee's always been a bum knee and my mom had arthritis, it's like, you can do something about it. You know, you don't just go down this downward slope. Exactly. And I love that. And that's my next question for you is what do we do about it? And I'll confess that starting January 1 of this year, I do a 30 minute series of posture exercises as part of my morning routine. It's a non-negotiable and it's this really beautiful time to just be moving my body in organic ways that ultimately I hope help with my posture, but you can tell me what do we do to support our posture? Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. No, no, that's exactly (laughs) it. I always tell people we need to move more. Most of us are not moving enough uh, because again, our lifestyle is not putting that as a high priority, but you need to pick something that you enjoy doing and then add into there the things that might not seem as enjoyable, but that will only enhance the things you do enjoy. So I get a lot of people who are doing other things. They're playing tennis, they're hiking, they're running, they're rowing, and they don't necessarily want to do my kind of yoga every single day as their main form of movement. And that's fine. Do what you're doing, which is like, as an adjunct, start doing more postural training, functional movement. Functional means something that carries over into the movements of everyday life. So if you think of you're going to need to squat, you're going to need to rotate your spine. Those are things we have to do. Like I scoop out my cat litter. I'm reaching for the back of my car to, you know, give something to my kid. There's a lot of things we do that we can simulate in our functional movement exercise program that better prepares us to, you know, keep our bones and tissues healthy and to be able to do things for as long as we want, well into our, you know, 90s. So what you're doing is perfect. The sad thing is 
most people don't know about their body. You know, we're walking around in this vessel our entire life, and it is somewhat of a mystery. So that is makes us completely beholden to the medical system to tell us when something goes wrong. I mean, think about sexual education. Like everybody titters about it and like, oh my gosh, you know, oh, they vagina. And it's like, actually, that's a body part. Let's not make it any more than that. So we aren't taught these things. And that's what I always come back to for people. Like we aren't taught about the body, but it is actually incumbent that we learn about it because we are the pilot of this miraculous spirit vessel that takes us through life. And so, like you said, working on postural training, that helps your breathing, that helps your movement, that helps your energy, that helps alleviate stress, that helps you interact with others and do things in life that you want to do. So many people will write off, hey, I don't think I can climb a mountain or do this. I'm too old or I'm not strong enough. And it's like, we want to be able to say yes to a lot more things in life because we're prepared for them. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're talking about what we don't know. I mean, this is also my stance, Lara, in terms of what we don't know. Most people say their stomach hurts. They don't know where their stomach is, right? Or our liver is. We just don't understand our bodies and we are the pilots and we have more agency when we take these actions. And sometimes it's the simplicity on the other side of complexity is as I've been talking about it. Like, yes, we have to focus on our posture because there's a ripple effect, but we think, oh, posture, that's too easy. I have all these other major health complaints, right? So why focus on posture? And I love that we can come back to these things that seem basic and simple and they have that ripple effect through all aspects of our lives. Laura, if there was one thing that you wish we all knew about posture, whether we're working with people with chronic illnesses, autoimmunity, diabetes, cancer, what do you wish we all knew about posture that would help us to serve the clients and patients we're serving better? Well, I think the key thing is to know that posture is truly has a, a systemic effect every system. You're going to digest food better. You're going to breathe better. You're going to handle stress better. When your head is forward in space, I often say, think of the little meerkats. If you ever saw that documentary on meerkat and they come up out of their hole and they look around and they're, they have this look of looking for, you know, danger. We have that look as well. And we're not even in danger, but, but our primitive brain that is always there to protect us is thinking we're in danger when we're not even in danger. And it's really the position of our head. We're closing off some of that great blood flow to the vagus nerve, which is hugely important for stress, for digestion, you know, for everything. That's what's so beautiful about it is that if you work on posture, you're working on every single system in your body. And the lymphatic system is gonna function better when you're posturally aligned and then go to move from there. So you'll get all this structural integrity that has the ripple effect is already built in. So beautiful. Lara, thank you for the work you do and the way you speak into it really does drive the message home with the care and the concern that we all need to bring to, like you said, this vessel that we're carrying around every single day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and all the work you're doing. Thank you.
The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks go out to Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, Sandra Brower, Evan Hollingsworth, Heidi Kaufman-Lakowitz, and Rowan Bradley for their support making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our Full Body Systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.